Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Are you looking to wager on all the big games in sports from golf to Major League Baseball to early NFL futures and the UFC? I have got it all going on for you with our partners from Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can sign up right now. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to get the bonus and get into the action, the latest fighting news, and all sorts of things that you can wager on right now. Bet online where the game starts. Celebrate your whale of a dad with a fudgy the whale ice cream cake from the locally owned and operated Carvel of North Syracuse. Everything at Carvel of North Syracuse is made fresh, so no matter what kind of treat or design your dad wants, they make it happen. Your dad deserves a tasty treat this Father's Day. Soft serve ice cream, milkshake, sundaes, shakes, and more. America's favorite since 19. 19- 1934. Carvel. Open seven days a week. Brewerton Road in North Syracuse. Stop in today. Fudge the Whale is waiting for you. MyHotTub.com is a global leader in the hot tub industry with over 25 years of experience. Their hot tubs are built in the United States with the highest standards of quality control, an extensive warranty, and customer service representatives available seven days a week. They offer free shipping to your home with factory direct pricing and incredible financing plans. Visit online at MyHotTub.com or Stop in Destiny USA today. MyHotTub.com. Whether online or in person, you better hurry because these spas won't last. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. What's going on, everybody? Paul Bissonette here from the Spit and Chicklets podcast and now the TNT broadcast. I just want to give everybody a shout out and make sure you tune in to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you. Go ahead and download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We are brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Bet Online, Ken's Auto Detailing, and our great friends over at Camillus Golf Club, 18 holes of championship golf. Make sure that you go play Camillus if you're in and around Central New York or New York State. Grab your membership as well. Book your tournament. Great food and drink before, during, and after your round at Camillus Golf Club. And I do want to throw a quick tip of the cap thank you as well out there to the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the program, as well as the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group and Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare. He's been a national golf writer and reporter for a long time. I've had him a bunch of times through the years, currently doing his thing for Sports Illustrated at SI.com, and he has a brand new book out. It is called Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry. It's the great Bob Herrig. You can get him on Twitter, at Bob Herrig. That's at Bob, H-A-R-I-G. Bob, I can't wait to chat. How are you, and congrats on the book. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. When did Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson really become a rivalry? Well, you know, it's a good question because it's a, it's, you know, I, and I use the word fascinating in the, in the title. I mean, complicated is, is another word. It's, you know, there, there were, 
they were a few years apart and and so i think it took a little while um but the 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 point that i would probably look at is is maybe right after tiger turned pro and he comes onto the scene very quickly and in 97 he wins the masters mm-hmm. and as i write in the book you know, Phil had nine tour wins at that point. He had the same day that Tiger won the, his third straight U.S. Amateur and then turns pro just a couple days later. Phil won for the ninth time. He moved into the top ten in the world for the first time. He he beat Greg Norman at Firestone to win what was then called the, the uh, World Series of Golf. And you're, you know, we don't, we don't remember it, but Phil would have been among the people everybody thought could win the Masters that year. Yeah. You know, he was a guy who was expected to win majors. And T- Tiger stormed to the win. And and he kind of, you know, went out this run where he left Phil, Phil in the dust. You know, and, it, and, and yet Phil was still a very, very highly regarded player. I mean, they, uh, you know, he, he, he won a few tournaments as well. And, um, they had a they had a final round where in 2001 at the Masters when Tiger was trying to complete the the Tiger Slam a fourth straight major. Phil was in the final group with Tiger. What if Phil had won that? You know, I think what happened was it sort of it sort of evolved. It became everybody was enamored with Tiger, and then it became why isn't Phil doing what Tiger's doing, or at least you know keeping up with them? And so it's kind of in that time frame is when there was a good bit of intensity and um, I have a story in the book from 1998 where Tiger and Phil played a practice round together in LA and, and Phil won money off Tiger and he, he won $500 in a practice round bet and, and, and uh, Tiger gave him five $100 bills and Phil not being satisfied with, with, uh, just the bragging rights and the, and the cash took a picture of the, of the bills and wrote a note to tiger and said, these Benjis are very happy in their new home. Thanks, Phil. And he put in his locker <laughs> and they didn't play a practice round together for 20 years wow. after that. So, I mean, I, I don't know exactly where you, you pinpoint it, but there were just some moments where, you know, it became obvious that they were, you know, they were, um, there, there was a little bit of friction between them. Boy, Phil sure could use uh, five hundred bucks now, or forty million bucks, maybe you know, to to pay back uh, all of his gambling debt. And and it, it gets into an interesting time here, right? Because we're already. I mean, you you just started talking about the Tiger Slam, and I had all these images in my head, right? Of 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 just pure dominance, probably the the, the most dominance that I have ever seen in my lifetime. And I've lived through, I'm 42. I'm not old, but I'm not a spring chicken. I've lived through Jordan and Gretzky. I've lived through, you know, Tiger, Serena, uh, Federer, Nadal, and Joker. I mean, you know, all these athletes have been in my lifetime and I'm like, oh my goodness, this was 20 years ago already, you know, and, and, and it's just mind boggling. And it leads me to this time heals all wounds eventually in most cases. Phil Mickelson joined the live golf tour. Phil Mickelson said a bunch of things. He backtracked. He joins for $200 million. That's on his resume forever. Tiger Woods 
his infidelities and his situation way long ago, I think a lot of people have forgiven him for it. He wins the Masters, obviously, a couple of years ago, a feel-good story, wins the Tour Championship. He's kind of back. He gets in a car crash, should have died. Now he's back. He comes back again. Who who do you think, when we're, when we're done with this thing, that Phil and Tiger, when you line them up, who's, whose legacy is hurt most by whatever action they took? It's a great question. I think it's probably Phil. I do too. Because, yeah. because um, you know, Tiger, you mentioned what happened, but he did. He came back from it. You know, it was a long time ago, and he had a long way to go in his career still. And he, you know, he came back and he forged a better way. Uh, you know, uh, his comeback from injuries, especially, you know, the back problems and th- that he thought maybe were ending his career. He came back and he won three times. He won the Masters. Uh, President's Cup captain, um, where he was the playing captain, and he played great. Um, you know, he did he did a lot of really, a, a lot of really good things that and, and became sort of revered. Um, you know, very much respected by the younger players in the game. Um, he he became a mentor to some. You know, look, Phil had some of that too. I mean, Phil was a mentor to a lot of young players. Phil. Loved taking guys under his wing. He loved giving the needle. He was very popular. But this, this what has occurred now, um, you know, there's just some people that aren't going to forgive him for it. And and he doesn't have time, I don't think, to make up for it. You know, he's. It looks like he might be denied a Ryder Cup captaincy. Um, you know, he would have clearly been a Ryder Cup captain. You know, um, so that's it's unfortunate because. Uh, you know, I, I, where I defend Phil on this is, is he's clearly not alone on some of his feelings. Um, he, um, you know, there was other players who felt like he did about and had some rights at the PJ Tour. He just probably went a little overboard, and they and his his comments <laughs> just were a little so bit. harsh. <laughs> his his comments were so harsh that the message was lost. Yeah. And let's be honest, back in February, there was a bunch of players ready to jump. Right. And when his whole thing came down, they all bailed, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and some, it's somewhat cowardly, frankly, because now they've all come around, right. you know, Bryson, right. I'm not meaning to knock Bryson, but Bryson and Brooks and Dustin Johnson, those guys were all expected to go back then, you know, and they backed off and they, they said all this stuff about the tour and that they're sticking with the tour. And then you know what, four months later, they leave, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Phil was the one kind of left to take all the, all the grief. And uh, so, you know, in that regard, I, I feel bad for him because, because he, he wasn't alone. Uh, but, um, you know, obviously, obviously here we are. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's a very, very strange, but interesting time in golf. Boy, it really is. Uh, Bob Herrig, our guest, uh, terrific writer, longtime national golf insider, SI.com, for his work. And his new book is called Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry. Will Tiger Woods ever win again? I mean, I, I, majors, I'm not even going down that road. Um, of course, I wrote him off before he won the Masters a few years ago, just because I, I the body. I was just trying to figure out how the heck this guy would ever be able to win a major with, with the body I mean, he, that he had. Will he win again anywhere? Not just majors, anywhere. And look, Bob, as you know, he's tied with Sam Snead for, in my opinion, the most underrated record in golf history, maybe in sports history, 
82 wins career. He could be the winningest player if he just gets one somewhere. Will he will will he win again? Really tough call because the problem is, is he going to play anything outside the majors? You know, and and I think it's going to be interesting to see how he. You know, we we expect him to play at the Open in a couple of weeks. It's going to be interesting to see um, how he looks there. Um, if he's shown any improvement since the PGA, because I think for him to be able to win, um, his right leg, his ability to walk and withstand that needs to improve. You know, it just, it needs to probably get, you know, maybe 50% better than it is right now. And that doesn't mean he'll ever be a hundred percent, but I just don't think he can win the way he is, or at least the way we've seen him. He showed a lot of guts making the cut at the Masters and the PGA Championship, but at both places we saw, you know, at the end of rounds, certainly at the end of um, his Saturday round at the PGA, and he ended up withdrawing, you know, he was in a, he was hurt, you know, and um, he might be able to play golf in a cart now and might be able to walk okay, Um but playing golf, walking all that distance, practicing, you know, he, he's going to need to improve. And then, you know, frankly, I think he needs, he's going to need to be able to play a little bit more. You know, it's going to be very hard to be competitive against these guys when you're not competing. Uh, so, you know, ideally from my, where I sit, um, if, if he could come back and play like Riviera, where he's actually struggled in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's his tournament, the Genesis. You know, if he could play a tournament like that in, in, in next February, and then in March, maybe play the Players' Championship, um, which gives him some starts, you know, and then the Masters, and then the PGA Championship. And is he does he feel good enough to play, you know, somewhere else like the Memorial? Uh, he, he, I think he just needs a schedule. You know, I think he needs to be able to to tee it up somewhere, and uh, that'll determine. Because if he's only going to play four or five times a year, and it's only the majors, you know, that's just a huge ask. And look, I would never say never because he still has the skills. You know, if you didn't know anything and you just watched him hit shots, looks pretty good. Yeah, he does. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But it's. You know, you've, you've got to get to the ball. And, and when you get to the ball and hit it, and then you have to do it again and again and again, um, it just it starts to wear you down. I mean, it, I think it's a great example for golf of, you know, how, you know, we take for granted the physical toll it takes. I mean, it's not running a marathon. It's not, you know, it's not being in, like, this incredible physical condition. But it is an integral part of the game. You've got to be able to do it. And it affects the way you swing if you're, if you're, if you're, uh, if your legs are, are injured. Uh, and so, you know, we're seeing that with Tiger. I love what you said there. We've got to get to the ball. All of us golf guys, we're chasing around a little white ball to get it into a cup. What are we doing? What a silly game. Oh, wait, I'm obsessed with it. Um, it's just, uh, it's incredible uh, that he even came back uh, and, and won the tour and the Masters and then the crash and, and all that. Um, I don't count him out either, but I, I'd love to see him win that because I, I thought years ago, like you, I'm sure, that he was just going to blow away the major uh, record. I mean, I, I thought he was going to end up with 23, 24, 25 in that, in that area. Um, 
Focusing on Phil, though, he has six major wins. You know, he's got three Masters, two PGAs, and he's got an Open Championship. He has 45 PGA Tour wins. He has 57 professional wins. Where is he? I got Tiger number one of all time. But where is Phil Mickelson on your all-time list? He, he's got to crack inside at least top 10, right? If not, he's right there. Okay. I mean, I think I think he was borderline before he won the PGA last year. Right. And when he won the PGA, that, I thought, put him in the discussion. And I think... I think you could argue yes or no either way. It's close. You know, 45 wins, six majors. To becoming the oldest major champion has to matter. Um, He did it all in the Tiger era. You know, five of his six majors were won with Tiger in the field. Um, And he's won, I believe, yeah, it's 36 of his tour events are in the Tiger era. Obviously, Tiger didn't play all of them in all those all those tournaments, but 36 wins itself is, I don't know if anybody's going to get there, you know, in, in, in a PGA Tour career. And t- Phil did that during a time when Tiger was winning at like a, what, a 13, 15% clip, <laughs> um, you know, maybe even more at times. So, mm-hmm. you know, Tiger just, you know, Tiger had 10 years of at least five wins you know and that's incredible i mean if scotty scheffler wins another tournament this year that's that's five for him and we just don't see that very often you know it's hard to do that and so phil in fact phil never won five in a season he 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 won four i think three different times but you know tiger did five ten times you know, so but so for Phil to get to that number is really impressive, and so you know, obviously you have uh, Tiger and Jack, and and probably Ben Hogan and Sam Snead, and uh, you know, I guess uh, you, you might even throw uh, Byron Nelson in there, uh, Tom Watson, Gary Player. You know, so now we're getting we're we're getting up there. Where does where does Phil rank now? You know, I mean, you know, Phil has more has more tour wins than than Tom Watson does. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's just an interesting it's an interesting debate. It's an interesting uh, argument, and uh, uh, you know, it, that's that's the thing that's so crazy about all this. You know he should be riding off into the sunset with that last PGA championship win mm-hmm. and, and having a, you know, having a sort of a glorious ride here in his fifties. You know, the fact that he, he's still exempt and could be out there and, you know, and, and instead he's playing in the, in the lived on the live tour. And, you know, he's the subject of protests yesterday and, um, all sorts of stuff. And, uh, you know, we're going to see him play in the Open uh, in a couple of weeks, and, you know, he should be able to play in some of the majors, but is he ever going to be effective again? You know, it's um, it's just uh, it's all crazy to think about. In the major list, you know, I, I kind of look at, you know, you, you, you segment how to make all-time lists. You know, I, I look right at the majors first. I look at tournament wins. I look at era. I look at dominance in the era. I look at other players, obviously, rivalries, et cetera. You had brought up the Tiger era. I think any major, when you win one in that era, is going to look a lot better 
Um, Mickelson, him and Faldo now with six. Trevino has six. With Phil winning that PGA in his 50s, I probably put him put him ahead of those guys even now. But, you know, you got Palmer Sneed, Sarazen. You got a lot of guys who play a Harry Varden who played, you know, 600 years ago. It's hard to kind of figure out uh, era-wise and all that. But I, I think Phil's probably, I, I got him about a top eight-ish uh, player uh, of all time. I think that's probably right. Um, Bob, when people get done with this book, what do you hope they say about Phil? What do you hope they say about Tiger? What do they hope they say about the book? Well, I hope what they say about Phil is, is in a weird way, his career is underrated. Wow. Um, because I tried to show that, you know, we, we got we got mesmerized by Tiger. You know, he his record is almost double Phil's. And in some way that hurt Phil. But Phil's clearly in the, the next best and nobody's even close. Um, and Phil was number two in the world, the Tiger, for a very, very long time. Um, I believe every week that Phil was number two in the world, which is like 280 some weeks, Tiger was number one, you know, and they were the two that stood above. So from the Phil standpoint, I would hope that it would actually improve the way you think about his career. You know, he had the last great victory, which is amazing. He's older, you know, I mean, when you, when you compare Jack and Arnold, uh, you know, who are considered rivals 10 years apart, you know, Arnold never won a major after 1964. Jack's last was in 1986, mm-hmm. you know? So um, if you compare them along those lines, Phil Phil was really amazing in that regard. Um, as for Tiger, I think it's, you know, it obviously people know about his greatness, but I think it points out just how great he was for how long, you know, Phil too, going all the way back to their junior days, their young days, they were incredible players. Um, had tons of success um, and had their share of battles and their pettiness. I, you know, I tried to point out that these guys didn't really get along for a long time. They were, um, you know, they were adversaries. They were petty. There was some childishness between them. Um, you know, they, you know, Tiger especially tried to keep Phil down, you know, and in the, in the, and in the 2000s there from when Phil won his first masters through, I'd say about 2008, they were, they were pretty close, you know. Phil won the the, the Masters in 04. He won the PJ in 05. He won the Masters in 06. He should have won the U.S. Open that year. Then Tiger wins two majors that year. You know, Phil wins the Players in 07. Tiger wins the PGA. Tiger had that great U.S. Open at Torrey in 08. Phil played with him the first two rounds. You know, they, they actually intersected quite a bit. Uh, so, and you know, I just, I guess overall, I just hope that you look at it and say, there's a lot of neat stories in here. There's a lot of detail about their years. I mean, it's not a biography of either guy, but it's, it's sort of trying to show the parallels of their careers, you know, from the very, very beginning until really the end of last year. And frankly, I could write another couple of chapters given what's going on this year. Well, it's out and it's incredible. And Jim Nance of CBS says the only thing I enjoyed more than broadcasting the Tiger Phil rivalry for over 20 years was reading all the juicy tidbits from behind the scenes by the amazing Bob Herrig. Bob Herrig on Twitter at Bob Herrig, Sports Illustrated, National Golf Insider, SI.com for more information. Follow him on Twitter, follow him on Instagram, and pick up at your local bookstore, online where books are sold, his brand new book, Tiger and Phil Golf's Most Fascinating. Rivalry. Bob, thank you so much. 
Hey, thank you. I appreciate you having me. Before sunrise, Burn Dairy and Deli is preparing to fuel your day with hot coffee, donuts, muffins, breakfast sandwiches, and other morning staples. For lunch, grab a giant deli sandwich made the way you like it. Pizza, wings, wraps, or a fresh salad. Plus, something to wash it down. Then pick up dinner or a sweet treat and other pantry essentials. Now you can get your Burn Dairy and Deli favorites delivered with DoorDash. All day, every day, you can count on Burn Dairy and Deli. It's all good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.